Thank God for the message of that song. And um, today we'll uh, study uh, the life of um, Apostle Peter. Actually, he's the author of the book study that we're uh, trying to do here in our church in the book of Romans. And we know Apostle Paul is a, a very great Christian, isn't it? A great missionary and one of... Uh, the writers of the New Testament, actually more, more than half of the books of the New Testament is written by him. God was using him as an instrument to pen the words of God. And in Acts chapter 27, we can see a latter end uh, story of his life when he was going through some storms in his life. So um, we will look at Acts chapter 27. And um, if you have your Bibles with you, please stand with me. As we look at the uh, narrative, the story of the life of Paul, and we'll be reading uh, for the sake of time, uh, verses 14 uh, all the way to 29. This is the time that uh, Paul was being used tremendously by God to be his witness, not only to the Jews, but he's our apostle to the Gentiles. And he prayed to the Lord to be witness even to uh, the leaders of the known empire during the time, the Roman Empire. And he wants to have an audience with the emperor, with, I believe, uh, Caesar Nero. And uh, he was talking with King Agrippa in chapter 26 and Festus. And we saw that the famous phrase when he was testifying about he got con how he got converted to Christianity, how he met the Lord and saved him, that Agrippa said, Thou almost persuaded me almost to become a Christian. Three times we can see the, the, in the scripture the word Christian. Uh, two of them are pers uh, related to persecution, but uh, we don't know if King Agrippa came to know the Lord Jesus Christ as his Lord and personal Savior later in life, but uh, Apostle Paul is such a powerful testimony. So he got ready to be uh, going to uh, Rome to see the emperor, so he was sailing here, and he had a vision that uh, there will be a, a tempestuous wind, a storm that will come upon them, but the centurion and the others uh, in the boat, the, the owner, the helmsman, the captain did not listen to him. He had a vision from God. So we see here that they came to a, a wild and powerful storm in verse 14. So if you're there, uh, please read with me all together. Acts chapter 27, verse 14 to 29. All right, as we... Look at this familiar uh, part of the story of Apostle Paul. So let's begin. But not long after there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Euclidon. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. And running under a certain island, which is called Cauda, we had much work to come by the boat, which when, when they had taken up, they used helps and regarding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands, struck sail, and so, so we were driven. And we being exceedingly tossed with the tempest, the next day they lighted the ship. And the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was taken away. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and then have loosed from creed and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the sheep. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God had given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God, that it shall be even as it was told me. Howbeit we must be cast upon a certain island. And when the fourteenth night was come, as we were driven up and down in Adria, about midnight, the shipmen deemed that they drew near to some country, and sounded and found it twenty fathoms, and when they had gone a little further, they sounded again and found it fifteen fathoms. Then fearing lest we should have fallen upon rocks, they cast four anchors out of the stern and wished for the day. Notice that last verse that we read. 
when all hope seems lost, isn't it? They try to do everything to save themselves, to lighten the ship. Notice they cast four anchors, four anchors out of the storm. So our message this uh, morning is four anchors that will hold us in the will of God as Christians. So let's bow our heads for prayer. Father God in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for uh, the Holy Spirit of God who had inspired your word, even though it was written 2,000 years ago. We know it's still relevant in our day and age today to help us in our Christian walk with you, Christian living. Thank you, Lord, that you are uh, the captain of our soul, Lord. You are the commander-in-chief of our lives because you saved us. We belong to you. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful honor and privilege to worship the one true living God. And we know, Lord, our gathering here today through the name of Jesus Christ is not in vain. It is your perfect will for us to be here, to um, praise your name, to, to glorify you, to learn about you, and to be encouraged by your word, to be uh, instructed, even to be rebuked and reproved. And we pray, Lord, that may our hearts be tender and open to your instructions, Lord, to your admonition. Help me, Lord, as your servant. I'm nothing without you, Lord. I cannot do anything. Help me uh, to be your anxious, Lord, to be your uh, 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 messenger today through your word. And forgive us from our sins and our shortcomings. Uh, wash us with your precious and holy blood. And help us, Lord, to uh, focus upon your word today. Keep us safe. Once again, Lord, thank you for the great salvation that we have in Jesus. And we pray that you also bless our friends and brethren who cannot be here with us, uh, who are um, watching with us, Lord, virtually, uh, meet their needs also, Lord, today. And we pray that your blessing be upon to all the churches uh, in the whole wide world that are preaching the gospel, Lord, that you save soul and encourage the hearts of the believers. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. You may all be seated. The book of Acts is a very uh, interesting book. As we know, it's the Acts of the early apostles, especially uh, the 12, including um, Paul. But actually, it's the Acts of the Holy Spirit through them. Amen? When they are used by God to tremendously preach the gospel, preach about the resurrected Savior, the Messiah that had already come, the hope of this world, and thank God for the life of Apostle Paul. Amen? He's our apostle to the Gentiles like we are. He's uh, the apostle also responsible in establishing a lot of churches in the Gentile region during that time. And that's why we have New Testament churches today. Amen? Because of his missionary journeys, missionary trips, and his great uh, fervent faith to God. So in our introduction, we know that there will be a time in the life of most Christians that we will come upon a real storm spiritually speaking. Amen? And how we handle that storm will determine a great deal as to how you will live the remainder of your Christian life. And we know that we are living today when Christianity is not growing like it should. Partly the reason is that too many people of God are stalled out somewhere in the midst of a storm. They uh, probably are discouraged. They've been given up. They are, uh, you know, they're not going forward in their Christian life. You know, uh, some have allowed the storms of life to move in and take over their onward course to the happiness of the Christian life. Therefore, uh, defeat has overtaken them and they have no real plan or pattern to go on living for Christ. But we thank God we have the Bible, amen, to give us instruction, to give us comfort and, uh, you know, guidance to what to do when we are in the storm of life. And they said, either you're going to enter to a storm in the Christian life, approach a storm, or you're in the middle, you're, or you're about to go out, isn't it? In the storm of life, suffering in life. But here, Paul was being taken captive to Rome, where he would eventually die, as we know in our church history. He will die as a martyr for Christ. But he went through many storms along the way as he journeyed toward the end of his life. So in this very important, popular portion of the scripture, we can see there are four anchors. Ano ba sa Tagalog yung anchor? Alright? Huh? Aklak? Angkan. 
Aklak. Okay. That's a big Tagalog word. Alright. Hindi yung commercial ng aklak. Alright. Yung aklak. Aklak. Okay. Aklak. Yeah. So you know what I mean. Oh, those are big anchors of probably big ship. So we know the anchors are thrown overboard to keep the ship or the boat steady, isn't it? Stable or secure so they will not go anywhere. So, yeah, speaks of safety and security. So, here we see as we read the story, uh, the anchor in verse 29, four anchors. So, we can spiritualize this a little bit. And first thing that we can see, anchor number one in verse 24, Acts 27, verse 24, when the Bible declares, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, who it is? God, whose uh, I am. God had given thee all them that sail with thee. Acts 27, 24. So the first anchor that we can hold fast that will never change and we can always depend on is no other than God. Amen. Amen? So let's see the person of God. The person of God. We know He is omnipotent. Amen? He is all Powerful. We know everything hinges and depends on God. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, there's a phrase there that God upholds all things by the word of His power. God upholds everything by the word of His power. We know He created the whole world, and through His power, He holds everything into its rightful place. You know, the cosmos, the planets, the stars, the galaxies, they are kept in line by the power of God. And Jesus is co-creator with God the Father. Amen? In Genesis chapter 1 and in John chapter 1 verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was with God. The same was in the beginning with God. We know that He is the, the, first, the, the, the great first cause that is uncaused. Amen? He is God. He is from the beginning of time. So he is omnipotent. Psalms 147 verse 5, this is an additional verse. It says, There great is our Lord and of great power. His understanding is infinite. He is of great power. Luke 137, For with God, we know this famous verse, nothing shall be impossible. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. So he is omnipotent. This person of God also, he is the self-existing one. He is Jehovah. We uh, remember Exodus 3.14 when Moses was asking, Lord, you will send me? Um, who will I tell the children of Israel who you are? What's your name? And cry, uh, God re responded, I am that I am. The self-existing one, the self-sufficient one. I am is one of the great names of God. He is the Great uncaused first cause. He's also the God of the universe. Amen? He is also the, called the Holy God of heaven. Revelation chapter 15 verse 4. Revelation 15 verse 4. Let me read that passage of scripture. I just want to give glory to God for who He is. Amen? Revelation 15 4. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou art holy, for all nations shall come and worship before thee. For thy judgments are made manifest. This is one of the greatest attributes and nature of God. He is the utmost holy of holy. Amen? He is utmost righteous and just. He never makes any mistake. He is the holy God. Peter also said, Be ye holy, that for I am holy, the Bible says. Alright? So he is omnipotent. This God that Apostle Paul is serving is the self-existing one, the, the God of the universe, the holy God, the omniscient one also. Proverbs 15.3, Proverbs 15.3, the Bible says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. The eyes of the Lord are in every place. So he knows all things. He sees all things. Amen? So this is the person of God that we can rely to. All right? Number two in that, Anchor number one about God. Not only the person of God, the position of God. Alright, let's look at verse 23. When Paul declared, whose I am and whom I serve. Paul is stating here that God owns him. Aren't you glad that God owns you? You belong to God? 
We have a song in our hymnals, Now I Belong to Jesus. That's a sweet and wonderful song, isn't it? Uh, thank God that, you know, He saved us. He chose us to be part of His kingdom. You won't serve the Lord until He owns you. Isn't it? Until He owns you. And we are all here owned by something. Isn't it? By someone. And we serve that someone or something. But the best thing that a person could ever have in this world is that God owns him. God is your master. Amen? And you are his disciple. You are his child. And we know we belong to God in two, two ways. By creation, because we are created by God. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, the psalmist said. And also, as a believer, we belong to God by our redemption, by our salvation. So two times we belong to God, physically and also spiritually. But also, we can see that we belong to God through sonship. Amen? 1 John 3, 2. I love this verse. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And John 1, 12, we know this verse. But as many as receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. To them that receive him. Receive what? The gift of salvation. Receive what? The forgiveness of sin. We exercise faith that we believe that only Jesus is the one that can save us. Through his death, burial, and shed blood on the cross of, G of, cross of Calvary, his, the power of His resurrection is the only one that can bring us to heaven because He's the only one that who died and rose again from the grave. He's the only one that can save you. So we receive that by faith, not of works. We, not, it, we did not add anything to our salvation. It's all the work of the Lord. We just gladly receive it by faith. Amen? So we belong to Him through sonship. So there's two spiritual families as we all know, isn't it? Devil's family and God's family. That's why a, a person has to be born again. You have to be born from above to become the sons of God. Not everybody that's born into this world are sons of God. You have to have a spiritual birth to become the sons of God. So secondly, servitude. Servitude. We belong to God because we are His servants. Look at the Old Testament phrase here passage scripture about a servant in Exodus 21 verse 6. It says there, when uh, there's a, a law in uh, the Jewish economy when probably you became a, uh, a servant or a slave because you owe something to somebody, so you will serve for six years and on the seventh year, you can choose you know, to either stay with your master and serve him or you'll have your own freedom. You know, and that's a good uh, rule for the Jewish economy. But here, then his master shall bring him unto the judges. He shall also bring him to the door or unto the doorpost. And his master shall bore his ear, see, with an owl, and he shall serve him forever. So that's the mark now that you belong to somebody. When they bore a hole in your ear and they put something in there. In the Jewish old economy, Testament economy. Perhaps there is one here that would say, you know, I love God. And I want to serve him the rest of my life. And that's a noble thing to do. Amen? That's the least we can do with everything that God has done for us to serve him with all our heart. If that be, then you must surrender, spiritually speaking, that ear and laid it to the doorposts and the all making that binding agreement for serving your master. It may be that one reason that Christianity has told out Somewhere is that too many Christians have laid down the position of servants. We are called here to serve the Lord. Amen? And it's a privilege to serve God. When we serve others, and when we serve through His church, through His ministry, the people of God must be servants of God. Amen? Uh, sometimes we get concerned the more our people are, are not service-oriented. And we have this you know, thing in the church right now, Nowadays, the, the me first you know, mentality or me only, but that's not supposed to be. Uh, how to have joy in serving Jesus? Serve Jesus, J, isn't it? And others, O, and Y, yourself. Last will be yourself. And you'll find that joy, you'll find that happiness in serving Jesus and others when you serve others first before yourself. Amen? And we belong to God by serving Him. And 
You know, uh, there's a lot of ministries here in the church that you can serve God. It can be simple. It can be not uh, on the limelight. But if you do it from the heart, amen? If you do it unto the Lord, the Lord takes notice of it. Look here. Christ is using Apostle Paul to serve others. He gave them warning. He gave them, you know, uh, uh, the word of God. And later on, you'll see how he encouraged these people who are uh, hopeless and weary and tired. All right? So we can see the position in God that we belong to him to sonship, servitude, and also the proclamation of God. Third thing we can see here in verse 24. The, the phrase, fear not. Fear not. Here, fear does not come from God. Because the fear here is in the context about Paul not having fear in doing God's purpose. Wow. We know that Apostle Paul had experienced so many hardships in serving God. God is assuring Paul of safety, security, and supply in the midst of this dilemma, of these circumstances that he's facing right now in the midst of the storm. What he is saying is all safety, security, and supply comes from God. Amen? Same thing right now. All safety, security, and supply comes from God. We cannot have perfect safety, security, and supply from ourselves. Amen? Our job or from the government. You know, because those are those things can change. Those things are fleeting. You can be healthy today. You can be sick tomorrow. The economy might be booming today and tomorrow it's all down. So there's nothing constant here in this world. The only constant is the word change. Amen? But God never changes. That's the great thing about the Lord. He never changes. His purpose in us never change. We can summarize it to, to know God and make Him known. Amen? That's why we go to Bible study, we go to church, we go to Sunday school. We want to know more about God to save us. How can we better serve Him and live for Him? And in turn, be able to share the truth to others. Our safety, security, and supply always comes from God. We need not worry about any of this because God supplies it all. That verse caused me also want to be associated with people that I know have God's approval and blessing upon them. Amen? And there are some here in our church that you can see that in their lives. They have proven God. They are walking with God. It doesn't mean they're perfect. Amen? But they try to do God's will in their life. And it's a good thing that you can be associated with them and have fellowship with them and ask for their prayers and advice every now and then. There is safety in that. Amen? There is safety in that. Here, as long as Paul was bent on doing the will of God, he would be safe. Yes, the safest place in the whole entire world is doing the will of God. It's not the easiest, but it's the safest. Amen? And it's the most, you know, profitable place in the world when you are doing the will of God. So, third, fourthly, we can also see not only the person of God, you know, the position of God, the proclamation of God, but the plan of God in Apostle Paul's life here. In verse 24, he must be brought before Caesar. So, it doesn't matter how wild, how crazy the storm is they are experiencing during that time that everybody is losing hope, but God already told Paul that he will make it true. Amen? He will be able to appear to Caesar and have an audience with him. It's just like I remember the story of the disciples, isn't it? When Christ sent them out to the other side and they met a storm along the way and they're so fearful and they're so worried that they will die. Carest thou not that we perish? But Christ already told them, see you on the other side. <laughs> Aren't you glad we will see the other side? Because God has a plan. You know, outside of that plan of God in your life or being involved in anything except that plan will bring unhappiness to a Christian. It will bring defeat and discouragement. God's plan may not always be smooth sailing or enjoyable, but look at this. When we examine Paul's life, we can see persecutions, severe hardships. Look at this verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 to 27. Here, I don't know if any of us has experienced what Apostle Paul experienced, but truly by the grace of God, he endured all of this 
by His sufficient grace. 2 Corinthians 11, 23 to 27. Here are the things that he experienced in serving God, you know, and he endured all of this. He says, there are they ministers of Christ. I speak as a fool. I am more in labors, more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons. He was cast into prison more frequent in deaths of, there's a lot of death threat from his own countrymen, isn't it? And the Gentiles of the Jews, five times I received I, 40, tribes, 40 stripes save one. You know, there's a Jewish law when they scourge somebody like what they did in, with Christ in that illegal trial. 40 stripes, 40 beatings. So sometimes the, the one that is doing that lose count, so they always like uh, subtract one. So they will not go beyond 40 and, 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 and they will be punished by it, isn't it? So it means five times I received 40 stripes. So 40 times five. Huh? Is it 200? Minus five. Because they just want to do 39. That's a lot of beating, scourging that he received. Isn't it? Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. All right? Hindi po All right? Once he was stoned, like cast stones to him to die. Thrice I suffered shipwreck, and this is one of them in Acts 27. A night and a day I have been in the deep. But God protected him. Probably there will be sharks there, isn't it? And cold waters. Imagine you're in the sea a night and a day. Maybe he's a good swimmer too, amen? He, he st uh, stayed afloat, but God just protected him and saved him. In journeys often in perils or dangers of water, in perils of robbers, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among even false brethren, in weariness and painness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, beside those things that are without, which cometh upon me the daily care of all the churches. Wow. He went through a lot. Amen? But he still was steadfast. He was still unmovable. He always abound in the work of the Lord because Apostle Paul know God's plan in his life, that his labor is not in vain with the Lord. Let me remind you, brethren, that none of this was done in chastisement, but rather because Paul was fulfilling the plan of God in his life. He suffered hardship, persecution, because he's trying to fulfill God's plan in our life. But look at Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 6 to 7. Sometimes we suffer because of our own making. Amen? Because of uh, sins in our lives that's unconfessed, unforsaken before God. So when that happens, it's a chastisement sometimes when we suffer. So let's look at that passage of Scripture. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6 and 7. It says here, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But don't wait to be chastened. Amen? But if you are hard-headed and stubborn, expect chastisement from the Lord. Because he loves you. He owns you. Amen? He wants you to go back on the right track. He, don't, he doesn't want you to waste your life. He doesn't want you to live a life of mystery. That's why God will have to move his hand against you. To correct you and take it as a chastisement, as an instruction from the Lord. And repent from that sin and turn toward Him. Amen? But here, His, his suffering, His uh, hardship that He's experiencing here, possible is not chastisement, but fulfilling God's plan in His life. He speaks of His bearing the marks in His body. Apostle Paul did this in Galatians 6.17. Look at this. From henceforth let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Remember the beatings, the scourging, the scar that he had for serving Jesus? Being stoned, that left a scar, his wounds for the Lord. He bear in his body the marks. You know, that's a wonderful trophy. He's not boasting about it, but he's telling us about it. Amen? So, Lately, our, the question is, what are the sufferings, the hardship that we experience because we follow the Lord? We did His will. Amen?
But look at the example of Paul here. Yes, there's, no, uh, there's only one Apostle Paul. Amen? But we are also called by God to be, you know, willing to deny ourselves. Amen? Take up our own cross and follow Him. We need to bear also in our body the marks of the Lord Jesus. I would venture to say that Paul was not rejoicing with laughter while he was telling these incidents. He is telling us that there will be hard times while doing the plan of God. There will be. There will be persecution. There will be mockery. There will be ridicule. But still go towards it. Amen? Go forward. Because God has a plan, and His plan is always good. It's not always smooth sailing. God did not promise us a storm-free journey in this life, but He did promise we would make it to the other side. Because God is the anchor that will hold on. Amen? Aren't you glad God is with you today? He is a trusted anchor. It's an anchor that is secure, that is steadfast. We can get a hold of Him today. The only problem is the one, we are the one who let go of God. That's why the song said from the choir, let's go to God. In times of trials and storms, let, let's not let go of Him, but let's go to Him. Because He is a secured anchor. Anchor number two, Amen? It's also faith. Look at verse 25, the phrase, I believe God. Do you believe God's word today? Amen? The word of God will be of little benefit to you and me unless we exercise faith in it. Yes, that's why we are asked to you know, open our ears, amen? And, 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 and accept God's word with understanding heart. The whole key to our success day by day is whether you believe God or not. That's why there is Joshua 1.8, you know? How to find good success. Because not all success are good, amen? But success that comes from God is good. This book of the law or the Bible or the scripture shall not depart out of my mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that they may as observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. You cannot probably have much in this world's goods, Amen? But if you have the Word of God in your heart, amen, in your life, and you're relying on it, you're depending on it, you're meditating upon it, you're sharing it, you're doing what God wants you to do, then you are going to be prosperous and you will have good success. Because our Bible or the Scripture is our guide in this life. Success, true success for a believer, is finding the will of God, amen, as early as possible, following it. And fulfilling it, finishing it. Amen? So what is God's will in our lives? We know we have uh, the moral will of God in our lives. It's given in the Bible through the Word. We have God's personal direction in our life. We can only find it when we obey God's moral will in our lives. Alright? Paul's whole life, Christian life, has been that which must believe God. Because he was able to endure all of these things because he believed God. He has faith in God. Look at this illustration. Acts 16 verses 25 to 34. We don't have time to go there. I think of the time when he and Silas was thrown into the Philippian jail. Isn't it? Remember? Because they are doing, you know, preaching. They are witness for Christ. They were thrown in the Philippian jail. And what happened at midnight? Instead of griping, complaining... To God, they were singing praises to God. I wonder what they're singing. Probably in the book of Psalms, you know? Psalms, uh, songs about deliverance, songs about how great God is. Imagine, uh, truly God wants to hear you sing, you know? In the midst of storms, in, in, in the darkest night of your life. That's why you have to have a favorite hymnal, amen? You have to have a favorite Christian song that you can sing from your heart unto the Lord. And you know what? They were singing, even though they have beaten and threatened, but they still hung out and had hung fast to that anchor of faith. And you know what happened? There was a miracle that happened, isn't it? God created a way for them to be freed. And the Philippine jailer even got saved. Amen? You know, Acts 16.31, we have that famous scripture, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thine house. They all did this by faith. How about when he was stoned at Lystra and left for dead? Once again, he was not high here, all right? Not a different kind of stone. Like literally a stone cast upon him. 
he was hanging onto that anchor of faith in Acts 14, verse 19 to 28. He was stoned for his faith, but he held in by faith to God. God saved him. God gave him healing, and he still went out and preached the gospel. That's why he said in one of his epistles, I believe in 1 Corinthians 14, I know of a man who, in the body or not, that went to the third heaven. Probably that's the time when he was stoned, almost in the brink of death, that he was able to see uh, the celestial vision, you know, and speaks about uh, that wonderful experience that he had. So the question today, who is it that I'm talking today that has been struggling with this matter of faith? You are holding on to the anchor of God, but that anchor of faith has been slipping, and it seems you are about to lose your grip in it. Remember, have faith in God. Amen? Fear not. Believe in God and His Word because He never lies. Amen? He will keep His Word. You're going to make it to the other side. You know, like Paul, in his example here, he had faith in that anchor of God. Remember, God has instructed each of us to live our lives and even to raise our, Christ, uh, our, our, our kids through uh, the instructions of the Word of God. And we know it's so hard to, to raise kids nowadays, amen? With all uh, they're hearing from the outside world, the culture uh, that we're living in right now, the, 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 the evil system of this world, the destruction and the deception. But we just need to believe by faith, amen? In God, that the Lord will preserve them. That will require faith. We are instructed by His Word to give out all our, all we have to Him. That will require faith. Amen? Paul said, I believe God. He knew that the same God that had delivered him from the Philippian jail and even the stoning squad in Lystra would deliver him in this perilous storm, in this situation. So, the same God also will see you through, me, through also in this storm, you and me, so we need to keep hold of that anchor of faith. So first anchor is God, is faith. Number three, the anchor that we can find here is the word sheep. Verse 31, except ye abide in the sheep. All right? Except ye abide in the sheep. Here in this verse of scripture, we can see here uh, a little bit of the sovereignty of God and the human responsibility. Isn't it? All will be saved. God has promised Paul that not er, not no one will be uh, perishing, will die from this disastrous storm, but they have to abide in the ship. They have to stay in the ship. For me, spiritually speaking, this is a type of the local church, the ship here, the local fellowship. So what's fellowship again? Two or more fellows in a ship, as they said, isn't it? Two or more fellowship uh, fellows in a ship. That is Bergen Bible Baptist Church. Don't you love our fellowship here? Amen? Will you still come to the fellowship even though there's no food? Amen. Amen. That's a good answer. Amen? You have spiritual food. Amen? You have community. You have interaction. You have sharing time with one another. Of course, just already that's already a bonus, an extra, when we have something to share physically, isn't it? But by the grace of God, you come to church because... Of the believers, amen? Of the like-minded believers, brethren in the Lord, who is not perfect like you are, as the, also their shortcomings, but you can, uh, you know, fellowship, tell stories about the grace of God in your life, amen? The way He sustained you, the way He helped you, the way He answered your prayers. And we can find strength in that. So here, uh, the local church is what the ship speaks here about. And we should love our fellowship. But the question is, some jump overboard, amen, of the ship. So what is the purpose of the ship? As we know, Jesus organized his church during the days of his ministry on the earth. We can find it in Matthew 16, 18. He organized the framework, framework of the church. And then after his death and resurrection, the New Testament church began. It was birthed. On the day of Pentecost, 50 days after he died, personally for me, because, you know, um, New Testament happens when the testator dies. So now Christ, who had prepared everything, you know, now ushered in in that time, uh, the church, 
And it says here in Matthew 16, 18, and I say also unto you that thou art Peter or a little stone in Greek, Petros. And upon this rock, or Petra, a big boulder, a big stone, I will build my church. You're right. This is Christ speaking here. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee, he said to Peter, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. As we know previous to this passage of scripture, Christ asked, who say uh, man that I am? And they, some said, you are the prophet. You are this and that. But Peter's confession, thou art Christ, the son of the living God. Isn't it? Remember that passive scripture? And through this confession, Christ said he will build his church. And he has given not Peter, but the church. Amen? You and me the authority through the word of God to share the gospel truth and gospel proclamation to the whole wide world. You know? And if that person will receive and trust the gospel, they will be part of that kingdom. Amen? So Matthew 16, 18 that's the purpose of the ship is to, you know, have the gospel being shared. So not in this place, he will give uh, thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. He is not speaking here, not just of Peter, but the New Testament church. So the New Testament church is the vessel by which we preach the gospel. Amen? And also the New Testament church is the vehicle by which we take the message to the world. That's the purpose of the ship. That's why, you know, uh, a missionary has to be uh, sent by the church, a local church. Amen? That's why we go through the missions through a local church because the church is God's vehicle and God's vessel in spreading the gospel. And you know what? Sad to say, today there are a lot of confusion because there's a lot of individuals that have broken off from the New Testament church and began a private presentation of the message of salvation. That is not God's intent. The command to evangelize the world was given to the New Testament church. Amen? And its members, born-again members in it. I'm thankful for other Christian organizations, but none of them could do what they do if not for the church. Once again, salvation, let me be clear, is not entrusting in the church. Amen? But the head... And the founder of the church, which is Jesus Christ. Amen? And even Peter said, Christ is the living stones in his epistle. He is the chief cornerstone. So he is the foundation, the head of the church. So it's not Peter, you know, the foundation of the church. But it is only Christ. And we are given that privilege to be used by, as an instrument. And our church, thank be to God, is still preaching the gospel until this very day. Amen? We still have a love for souls. That's why we support and pray for our missionaries. So that's the purpose of the ship. What's uh, the importance of the ship, all right, of the local church? Of course, we know Hebrews 10, 25, not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, you know, but we have to be fervent in supporting the local church because we see the day approaching, amen, that the Lord will come soon. And sad to say right now, as you notice, even after the pandemic, church attendance has been down. Some place very importance on little importance on church. Some have to say some have much of this world's goods to be of much benefit to God. Or some what a preacher says this: they are too earthly minded to be heavenly good, which is not supposed to. And on the other extreme, they are too heavenly minded to be earthly good, but. We can say we have to be heavenly minded and also earthly good. Amen? Because it reflects in both. But the very blessings nowadays that we have received sometimes from God keep a person or a Christian from faithfully going to his house. You know, they use the, the car that God gave them to travel on the weekends, which takes them out of the church. They use money that God has given them to purchase unneeded things that take away their support to their local church to give to the work of God. They used the nice home they gave uh, them to sleep in on Sunday instead of being in the church. So the blessings became a hindrance, an obstacle for them to, to serve God. So what does it take 
you to keep you out from church. As we know, it has been prevalent for the past previous years. Maybe some may say sickness, but you know what? Sickness doesn't keep a person from going to Walmart, amen? Or to the mall. Sickness doesn't keep you from going to work on Monday. All right? So they said, headache Sunday morning, backache Sunday night, but by work time Monday morning, you're feeling quite all right. Hmm? Why is it so hard when we condemn a person for coming to church when they are sick? Sometimes we say, praise God, they were still able to come, you know? But they said, I don't want to catch a bug in the church. A bug. But the reasoning, that reasoning doesn't keep you from going to other public places, isn't it? And there are more bugs floating in the mall, you right, or Walmart, than here probably in the church. Amen? God will protect us when we do His will. Amen? We're not trying to be, you know, uh, uh, sensitive, but even when we go to restaurants, how do you know they are sanitary, isn't it? You didn't go to their kitchen and see the cook, what he's cooking and how he prepared the food, but we just trust that we'll be fine, amen? So why not trust God with this matter of sickness, isn't it? Ask God for healing, let's God ask for his will and just be supportive and be there, amen? Or perhaps we miss the church, we forsake because of oversleeping. How many times do you oversleep on Monday through Friday and go into work late? Maybe just a little bit, right? But sometimes it's okay for church. So I'll tell you why. It's because going to work sometimes, or a lot of times, means more to those than going to the house of God. It's not supposed to be. Amen? Because the ship, the church, is still important. It's still vital for the Christian life. Amen? This is where we get our nourishment. This is where we get our community. This is where we get our fellowship. Amen? Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So thank God for your presence here today. You know, it's God that is pleased when we do that. Number four, lastly, amen? Fourth anchor that's stable. It's God. It's faith. It's, you know, it's the ship, the house of God. Number four, meat. Verse 33. Paul here encourages the people here, take meat. Take meat. Remember, they already fasted for 14 days. You know, if you're going through that ship being rocked by the waves, stormy and dark, you cannot even, just imagine, they cannot even prepare their food, isn't it? And you're seasick, you cannot probably even eat. And they try to throw everything that will light the ship as we look at the story, that narrative, but nothing works. So they just like depend on, on, on what's going to happen in nature. And Christ declares this in uh, John 4.34, Christ said, my meat is to do the will of God that sent me and finish his work. That's Christ's bread and butter, to do the Father's will. And he did it, amen? Praise be to God. That's why we're here today. Now he purchased our salvation. Hebrews 5, 12 to 14, the Bible compared, is compared not to just milk, but strong meat, like deeper spiritual things, strong meat. So the word of God is compared as meat. Paul, the, Paul told these people that they would not be able to withstand the journey unless they ate meat for strength. Now they had fasted for 14 days. Probably they have beef jerky during that time, you know? Something preserved, something they could eat. But here they are encouraged to eat, to have strength. So what's the ampl application here as Christians? Too many of Christians are fasting in the matter of reading and meditating the Word of God. That's why I like our, our song a while ago, The Bible Stands. Amen? I like our uh, Sunday school, in, in our morning Sunday school, we talk about the seed of the Word of God. Amen? How needful it is for a person who is born again, who is a disciple of Christ, to continue to be on the daily doses of God's Word. And you, you cannot OD in God's Word. Amen? <laughs> You cannot OD. We need it more, actually, because man shall not live by bread alone, but by the word of God that proceeded out of the mouth of Christ in Matthew 4.4. 4. All right? So what will happen when we do the meat of the word, when we ingest it, when we, you know, appropriate it, when we take it? First, letter A, it will bring good health, as we see here in verse 34, first part. 
He says there, Wherefore I pray you, Apostle Paul said, to take some meat, for this is for your health. A steady diet of the Word of God will make you healthy spiritually. Amen? Amen. Thanks be to God. You can still be here in church on Sunday. You can be here on Wednesday. You can fellowship with your brethren on Friday. Amen? Then you can have Faith Bible Institute on Saturday. Are you going to see each other a lot? Praise be to God. Because the Word of God, a steady diet with it, will keep you healthy. Yes, we know of stories of, you know, it's sad to say, people who were devoted, active in their Christian life in the Philippines, in the country, and they came here. And they forsake their spiritual side. Amen? And they just diverted from the truth. And now they are not in church or any ministry. That's sad. They, they thought they were strong as a Christian, but if you don't have daily doses of the Word of God, you will fail and fall and be frail. Amen? What else? It will bring you safety. Verse 34, Acts 27, 34, the last part there. For there shall not an hair fall from the head of any of you. That's a Jewish saying. Apostle Paul just means God will protect you absolutely nobody will die here because god has given me his word that he will save all of us 276 souls i believe in this big ship wow and during that time this is one of the perilous times to to travel to have ship to, so a lot of people avoid the time to travel they but they still travel during the time because they didn't listen to paul but paul said through the surety of god's word you will make it to the other side you'll be safe same thing, amen? If not, if we will not take heed of the word of God, we will fall by the wayside and be a defeated Christian. We don't want that to happen, amen? By the grace of God. Thirdly, it will bring good cheer, verse 36. All right, verse 36. It says there, they were all good cheer and they also took some meat. Those that are engaging in the growth program of the Bible will be in good health spiritually. They will be able, by the grace of God, weather the storm. They will be happy. There's joy in serving Jesus. Amen? Amen? Knowing eternity will tell what you did for the Lord. And He will reward you for that. And praise be to God that He can use us. You know, when you eat, isn't it? When you're hungry and famished, isn't it makes you feel good? You get cheered up. You know, yesterday we've been cheered up. There's so many food. At Joanna's birthday, one of them is the ice candy. All right? Wow, so good. So blessed. That's why we have to be grateful in all the blessings. Amen? Uh, we have to keep on reminding our kids, don't waste food. Amen? Don't waste our utilities here. All right? Be conservative because those are graces, blessings from God. We have to be faithful stewards. Amen? But it will give us good cheer when we look at the Word of God. Then lastly, it will bring you to shore. It says there, verse 44 the last part, and the rest, some on boards, you know? So they put the four anchors, they uh, waited, the only, the only thing that was lost, was broken, was the ship. So there goes the boards, someone broken pieces of the ship, it says in verse 4, and so it came to pass that they escaped all, notice. God fulfilled this word, isn't it? Nobody will die. They all escaped safe to land. So you see, when you see a family an individual, a preacher, or any child of God sinking in the sea of turmoil of life, it will be because probably he, she did not follow the advice given in this passage of Scripture. Put your anchor continuously to God. Amen? Have faith in Him. Have faith in His Word. Have faith in His plan in your life. Take meat. Take heed of the Word of God because you know what? These are constant Powerful, steady anchors that will hold a Christian during the storm of life. But there is a group of people here, here who has been excluded in this sermon today. And those are they that are not saved. Our solution, the solution that God offers today is to repent of your sin toward God and turn your faith to the acceptance of His Son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for you, who rose again for you, that will make you a Christian and you will become a future resident of heaven. Amen? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father God in heaven, thank you Lord for this simple message that you've given to us for these four anchors that will hold 
the test of time, the storms of life. As you've seen in the life and example of Paul, and thank you, Lord, that this anchor still holds today. We can still hold on God. We can still hold on that faith that we need to believe on him, his promises, and his word. We have to believe, Lord, that it shall bring to pass. And uh, you've given us our church, Lord, to, by your grace, Lord, still here to continue to proclaim the gospel, to encourage the believers. And we know, Lord, that we have our own faults, but we thank you, Lord, that you are a faithful God. You still remind us, Lord, of your will and plan in our lives. You still have a purpose in us. And today, Lord, we just pray and think about and intercede for those uh, brethren in the Lord who are in the midst of storm. In their life, maybe their um, beloved loved one is suffering from sickness and pain. And when everything else fails, when we cannot be lifted up or encouraged by any other, we thank you, Lord, that there is the Word of God, the promises of God, a sure anchor that will lift our spirit. And when we look at the world, what's going through right now, it's chaos and confusion and evils happening. We thank you, Lord, that you are an anchor. You are a sovereign God that will make all things right, will set things right in the future because you said it in your word. You will judge this world, Lord. You will bring everything where it's supposed to be. You will rule and reign. And thank you, Lord, that we can be part of that only by your grace because we got saved. And thank you, Lord, for that anchor that still holds and continue, Lord, to increase our faith and strengthen our faith. And if there's anybody here who's not been saved, there's a storm coming. There's the judgment of God against sin that's coming. And God has given us the warning. God gave us, actually, the lifeboats. And the only way to escape that judgment that separation from God because of, of the penalty of our sin, because we're all sinners, as the Bible says in Romans 3, verse 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And God has to punish that sin by death and suffering in hell. But God loves us. He sent His only begotten Son. He took our punishment on the cross of Calvary. He paid it with His dear life, but He did not end there. He rose from the grave. And He's the resurrection and the life. So if you believe that it's only Jesus that can save you, as the Bible plainly declares, the Gospel in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ according to the Scriptures, if you will believe that only Jesus can save you because He's the only one that died on the cross for your sins, if you only trust Him as your Lord and Savior, He'll save you today and will give you permanent residence in heaven. So if you're not saved today, why not trust Jesus today? Ask Him to save you. Call upon His name like this way. Lord Jesus, I believe that You're the only Savior and I know that I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of all my sins and by faith I ask You to save me, to come into my heart and life to be my Lord and personal Savior. Thank You for the eternal life You have given to me. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. For Christians here, let's be reminded of that four anchor that holds. It will surely hold. Let's continue to hold on God to the faith that He has given us to the church, to the sheep, to the Word of God, the meat of God's Word that we can always rely on. And by His grace, may our faith continue to be strengthened storms will come but God can still give us peace in the midst of the storm and let's ask the Lord right now if you have prayers in your heart Lord this is my burden right now Lord strengthen my faith I'm praying in behalf of a brother or sister in the Lord Lord strengthen their faith Lord help them to put their anchor 
unto the Lord. Father God in heaven, you can hear the prayers of your children, your people. Remember, Lord, some of our brethren who are in storms in their life. We know, Lord, that you are near them. You are there always present. You are our refuge, our strength, Lord. Just let them know, Lord, that you are by their side, that you will never leave them nor forsake them in these trying hours. And thank you, Lord, that there's always a silver lining after the storm in life for a Christian who believes on your word, who applies your word, Lord. And thank you, Lord, we can always depend upon you. We can always rely upon you. Thank you, Lord, for the life of Apostle Paul. We can learn in this uh, point of his life, Lord, that truly he fulfilled your will, your plan in his life until the very end. And thank you, Lord, that we can learn through his example. We can be admonished by example, Lord. So help us, Lord, to do our, also our part and bless the prayers of thy people and their hearts desire today. We give the Lord Jesus Christ all the glory, honor, and praise. In his name we pray. Amen.